Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic is important, period. They always are, of course. But today, we're going to look at what the great resignation has done in terms of employee retention and recruitment. Now, there are a lot of articles and studies and surveys and data out there in terms of how to keep your best employees and how to get good employees to join you. We represent hundreds of employers in the public and private sector, large and small, in about every industry. And they're all struggling with these issues of retention and recruitment. One of the things that I find interesting is just the sociological aspect of COVID-19 and how it has really caused people to question their career choices, how they want to spend their time, how they want to work, etc. The other day, I interviewed a lawyer for a position with our firm, and she's a new lawyer. She's a second year, and she said she only wanted to work at home. And I said, well, you need to work in the office so you can collaborate with us and you can work with us and you can talk to us. I'm telling you, she looked at me like I had three heads. Like that is the most absurd thing she's ever heard. And I get it, right? Because so many people are working at home. So many people have different ideas about what's important to them. In our firm, collaboration is really critical. And I feel like for lawyers and staff, they need to be with us in the office. Now, We have some amazing members of our team who work exclusively remotely, but they have been with us for a long time. They've proven themselves. They know what they're doing and it's working. So my point is when you're looking at recruitment and retention, because of what's going on in the world right now, whether we're talking about politics, COVID-19, the climate crisis, whatever it is, People are struggling with who they are, who they want to be, how they want to show up at work, what their goals are, what their needs are. So as an employer in this very challenging environment, it is very important for you to take a step back. Think about what would it take to get you to join your organization? You may have been there for a week or 10 years. But what did it take to get you to join in the first place? Do you have different needs now? Have you considered asking your team when it comes to recruitment and retention? What's important to you? Why are you still working here with us? Why are you still doing what you're doing? One of the things that I think happens sometimes is we get sort of in love with data and we want to do surveys and we want to ask for input and we want to do questionnaires. But honestly, there's not anything that's much better than a one-on-one conversation with an employee who you really value to say, why are you here? What's working for you? What isn't working for you? Those aspects of retention are absolutely critical anytime you want to keep a great employee But they're particularly important when we're dealing with the great resignation, so many people questioning their career goals, their initiatives, their desires. You've got to actually talk to people. And it's interesting. 
we give a lot of advice, of course, to clients on advice and counsel issues, whether it's investigations or leaves of absence or managing, um, you know, an EEO complaint, equal employment opportunity complaint. And we, we give this advice to talk to people, actually have a conversation. Don't send emails. Don't send text messages. You can do that to confirm a date or a time. You can do that if you're going to summarize a conversation you've had. But when you want to have a substantive discussion with someone, it is so important to sit down and have the dialogue, have the time to really ask the team what is working for you, what isn't working for you. So we can talk about things like salary surveys, compensation analyses, benefit entitlements. What do you want to give as perks and you know, non-required benefits? Those are all very important things. And of course, depending on your workplace, what your employees do, what their schedules are, what work they're performing, all of those things are going to come into play in terms of what is going to make them happy. Now, I will tell you, I've had this conversation with a number of clients recently who've said to me, okay, Jen, wait a minute. We're the employer. They need to make us happy. Yeah, I get it. Of course they do. They need to be working hard. They need to be meeting their goals. They need to be following your directions. Of course, totally understand. But if you go into the employment relationship thinking that it's your employee's job to make you happy, and you don't owe them anything in return except a paycheck, you're going to lose good people. So although this is a very difficult time for everyone in terms of recruitment, in terms of retention, just in terms of living in many ways, the extra time you spend connecting with your team will pay off in dividends, I promise. So those of you who are listening, who are HR folks, who are in-house employment lawyers, who handle employee relations, it's worth the time, I promise you. And I know you know that. What you have to do is convince the powers that be, right? You're trying to convince your internal clients about what they need to do to really create an environment where people are succeeding and people are flourishing and people feel as happy as they can feel. Look, most of us, given $10 million properly invested, we wouldn't work. We do something else, right? Even if we love our jobs. I mean, I love my job, but we took a vacation to Yellowstone and we were gone for a couple of weeks and it was so incredible and so amazing. And my team did a terrific job handling questions and handling issues. And I really got a vacation for the first time in a long time. And it was amazing how hard it was to come back, to, to come back and feel like, oh yeah, I have a schedule. I have calls. I have a thousand emails I need to respond to. So even when people love their jobs, as I absolutely do, and all the work we do with all of you, the bottom line is you've got to make it worth their while. So in terms of retention, three things. First, talk to your people. What's important to them? Find out not only what they want changed, but what is working for them. What you don't want to do is have the organization change something that everybody really likes because there was an assumption 
that people didn't like it. So talk to people, connect with people. The second thing in terms of retention is making sure you're competitive. Are you paying a salary that is legitimate and that is appropriate for the market, the geographical location, the job you're asking people to do? Are you offering the benefits that your competitors are offering? Can you do more? Can you do something different? Remember, when you talk to your team, when you follow the first suggestion and you talk to your team, you might find out things you didn't expect. You might find out things that surprise you. So it's worth taking the effort to sit back and think about, okay, let me gather together everything people have told me and let me figure out what's feasible. Now, I am not suggesting you give everybody everything they want. What I'm saying is be purposeful. Understand why you're giving what you're giving. Understand why you're paying what you're paying. Be able to explain it. And be prepared to show your employees why it's worth staying with you and not going somewhere else. Now, in terms of recruitment, there are a couple of things I want to talk to you about. First of all, there are a lot of very hungry recruiters out there, people who are looking to place employees. They want to work with you. They want to help you. Make sure you have a good agreement with them. Make sure you have vendors who have your best interests in mind who are working for what you want, who are not applying just a general recruitment philosophy to every client with whom they work. Make sure that they are thinking about your organization, what you need, your culture, your experience, your expectations. That is critical when you choose a vendor, obviously, for any reason, but particularly when you're choosing someone for recruiting. The second thing I want you to think about is, again, apropos of communication, what do you need in your organization? Don't make an assumption. Just because somebody comes to HR and says, these are the five positions that are open. These are the positions we need to recruit for. Don't take that at face value. Ask questions. Is this what they really need? Do we need to switch the job description around? Do we need to have people who bring something different to the table? Because as the times change, our needs change, our expectations change. Clients are demanding different things. Customers want different things. So make sure that it is a fluid process. You are constantly interacting with your internal clients to figure out what do they really need and push back. If you have somebody who says, well, of course, this is what I need. This is what I've hired the last 10 times for the last 20 years. This is our job description. This is our position announcement. Okay, maybe it's perfect, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it needs a little bit of tweaking. Maybe it needs something where you can really take a step back and look at what is going to benefit my team, the team I have right now, not the team I want to have not the team I'm trying to build, the team I have right now. What do I need? What does the organization need? Maybe we've got big plans down the road. Maybe we've got big ideas. But what do we have going on right now that we need to fix or we need to support or we need to help? The third thing I want you to think about in recruiting is 
making sure you are following a very robust process. There is a tendency when we are in a tough market to shortcut, not to check references, not to carefully read resumes, not to ask for multiple interviews, not to require candidates to show you why they want to be part of your team. Don't back off of that. Just because it's a tough market does not mean that we're in a situation where you should just take somebody who's breathing. Look, I just need somebody who's breathing. That's all I need. This is the best that I'm going to get at this point. Let's just do it. No, you deserve more. Your internal clients deserve more. Your organization deserves more. Hold people accountable. If somebody doesn't seem like they're answering the questions or they don't seem committed or they've got a big gap in their resume or they tell you that you can't check references because none of their prior employers will give a reference. I'll tell you what I do. I am very direct and say, you will not get hired here if you don't give me a reference. So you can have me speak to someone else in your organization. I don't really care what you do. You, they may have a policy of not giving references, but I have a policy of not hiring anyone unless I get one. So you know what? We're going to have to work this out. And amazingly enough, the most qualified, most dedicated candidates will make it happen. They will get you what you need. Remember, the two most dangerous things we do as employers is hire people and fire people. So the more time you can spend up front when you're recruiting, the better your risk is going to be on the other end. So everyone, look, times are crazy. There's so much going on. You have work that needs to be done. You have tasks that need to be accomplished. You have projects that need to be completed. Keep your best people. If you have to let somebody go, it is what it is. You know, they thought they could do a good job. You thought they could do a good job and you were both wrong. Fine, move on. You will find the right person. So you keep the best people. You let go of the folks who are not doing what you need them to do. And you work very hard to get the best people to want to work with you. Again, it doesn't mean you give everybody what they want. It means you do what is best for the organization. And that always includes thinking about what your candidate or your employee is getting out of their relationship with you. Thank you all for joining us today, everyone. Be well and be safe. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.